On today's episode of Back of the Bird, we sit down with Riley O'Connor of the New York Riptide. We also update the scores from around the league, chat some news and notes from around the NLL, and just catch up on each other's lives. Here we go. This is episode 81 of Back of the Bird. our guy boston levi with his new song crossfire thank you to boston for continuing to let us use his music he's awesome let's get into the show all right we are back episode 81 81 i think 81 do we have a guy 81 uh yeah gilray right is 81 is that right yep gilray or buddy josh gillum there's a throwback for you um but uh yeah we're back again presented by cottage springs as always, I'm having myself a carb-free light beer. So we got a game this weekend. So uh, zero carbs, 80 cals, Ace Hill. They sent a few, a couple cases of these over. So these are uh, these are nice. Go try those out too, Ace Hill. We don't discriminate against any of the uh, the Ace Beverage Co. family of drinks. Um, they all support us. Go go check them out. Summer's here this week. It's patio season. Cottage Springs. They drinking. I'm talking all of it. So go uh go try them out. Go test it out. Send us your picks in. But we're back again, man. What's uh we got Polly? Polly's will be joining us hopefully shortly. But what's going on with you, Johnny? You know, I'm good. I'm buzzing. Um yeah. you know, it's uh it's cottage spring season all the time. Obviously, there's never uh never need a bad day to to have a springs, but it's uh it's double this time. It's uh it's starting to get to to crunch time of the year when it's it's really spring season. So um, I'm good. Good trip to Calgary last week. Um, you know, obviously a tough result for us, but uh, but still cool playing there. I'm a big Flames fan, which I've talked about a bunch of times on the show. So being right by the locker rooms and everything, and in the saddle dome was sweet. And then, um, you know, trying to uh, trying to clinch a playoff spot. The the playoff scenarios are fucking insane right now. So crazy. Um, everyone's trying to figure out what it takes and and what it doesn't take. But uh, regardless, a win would go a long, long way for us this weekend. So. Uh, just trying to take care of business and we're back in uh, we're in Vancouver on Saturday. No doubt. What's uh do you have family out there in Calgary or no? Yeah, I do. So my dad's from Calgary and my uncle uh still lives there. So So you had uh, some family at the game too then or yeah, I had some family, it was great and I got family in Vancouver too. So um you know, just being home coming home to Canada is nice after uh we were home there for we had a long home stretch for six, five, six weeks there. So um it's been nice to get back out and see some new places again and uh and uh get home to Canada. Yeah, no doubt, man. But uh <laughs> it's been a an interesting couple of weeks on my end here. We had a had our game in Georgia Friday, which for us obviously didn't go well or the to plan. Um and Saturday we had our Saturday morning up up bright and early team bus to uh to Nashville for a little just a little team bonding which was uh was a ton of fun. What a city that place is man. Every I I'm I'm convinced I want your take on this. I think it's a chicken and the egg thing here. 
it's a warm city. It's a great city. And it got like a good rep for being like a party town. But like, I think the, the reason it's so good is because everyone goes there thinking it's a party town. So they're like, right. Like they're, everyone's being nice. Cause they're like there for one reason. And it's to like, have some, have some fun, drink some drinks um, and meet some people. So it, it's like, at what point does a city become, is it the city that does it? Or is it people that are like, Oh, the city's doing this. Like, I don't know. Or am I doing this to the city? Yeah, it's like if we all just collectively decided to go to uh, to Moose Jaw and just get really fucked up there. It'd be oh, it'd be the new Nashville. <laughs> yeah, like... It'd be the new Nashville if you went and did that. But it was yeah. so much fun. And then uh, we had uh, we had the week off um, this past weekend. So I was back in Nashville for a bachelor party. Um, so it's uh, thankfully the first time around I didn't get suspended from any places or anything like that. So um ton of fun going down with just a bunch of high school buddies. Um my best buddy Shane Conacher is uh, is getting married, so it was um, it was a ton of fun to uh, to put that kind of thing together and have all the guys come in. We had one buddy fly in from Italy um, and and join us on that trip, and I I landed and he was drunk as guy on planet Earth, and I had to kind of legit hold him into the car to, to once I got there. But um, yeah, so much fun. Um, <laughs> funny enough, it just. You, I'm sitting at sitting. We're sitting at the bar. All the guys, whatever. I get a tap on the shoulder. Turn around. Somebody's got a selfie of me on my on their phone, and it's somebody, somebody from Albany that we met at after the game in Albany that had a picture of me and the boys on the phone on their phone. And it's just like, what are the what are the odds? The NLL, small world. You don't expect to see somebody you meet down on an NLL road trip down in Nashville, but it was uh, a ton of fun. We did one of those little bike tours. Um, and uh, we did it Saturday morning at 1030, which was so optimistic, getting everybody rallied. But it was a good way to get out of bed. But we get up snowing in Nashville What? that Saturday. So we're on, we're outside on a bike tour, just frigid. But it was like it, it felt like we were going to a Bills game. It was uh, <laughs> it was a ton of fun. But we uh, we got through it. Everyone made it out, out alive and, and got home safe. So um, now it's now it's we're full full fledged into buff. What do you who do you guys got this weekend? Uh, Vancouver. Um, so, and then we got in Vancouver. Van? Yeah. In van. And then, um, and then home Calgary to Denver. We, uh, we have a weird thing where we actually don't play the last week of the season. So um, I think most teams have three left. Uh, we just have two. So uh, trying not to, uh, to obviously leave it out of our control in that last week, but uh, did, how did the, uh, the bus go when you guys caught it with the, with the team? Did anyone miss the bus to get to Nashville or? No, no. So we took it easy the Friday night um, okay. in Georgia, just to like whatever, go out for dinner and then and then uh, and then be ready for the bus to go. I think it was like eight thirty. We left, so nobody missed it, which was good. Nice. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun just playing cards with the guys and like those are the times that you you hate to be an old guy and and be like reflective, but it was kind of like the, that that like thing little bus rides like that, just playing cards and just throwing insane jokes at each other. And like, it's just, that's why you play the game. It's, it's a, a ton of fun. I think that's the stuff you're going to miss quite a bit once it's uh once it's wrapped up, but, um but yeah, we had a ton of fun, but uh maybe we go through the scores from us. Yeah. So Saturday, April 8th, uh, Albany with a big one, 14, 12 over Rochester. Uh, then Georgia thirteen and nine over uh, Sask, uh, Calgary twelve five over my Panther City, Colorado twelve five over Vancouver, and then San Diego fourteen to ten over Las Vegas. I uh, the league is is doing a good job this year of sending out the uh, 
the playoff clinching scenarios, at least they are to the, the teams. I feel like it's cutting out uh, our boy Shrem Lax because last year, uh, Schumanauer, because last yeah. year that was uh, that was big for us. We were trying to figure everything out, and he just dialed us in. So, um, Yeah, he's our guy. Out. I think he put an article eh, of, of kind of like everything that's going on, and then something he else came did. out, like some sort of an overtime or, or tiebreaker thing came out from the league as to like how things work. I don't know. I have a tough time following it, but it's yeah, thank I, God he I'm, summarizes. I'm not sure that anyone actually fully knows. Um, yeah, that's the best part about it is it's kind of like the boogeyman. Um, in a sense yeah. where it's like, okay, it exists, but like maybe it exists, but like who's deciding? I don't know, the powers that be. It's it's something out there, but um, yeah, and whoever designed this, whoever designed the playoff, like you know, um method or whatever was probably like, oh, like it's gonna be obvious, like there's not gonna be that many teams and for a while it looked like it's gonna be four and four and then you have these eastern conference teams going on these heaters and it's now it's like it could be five and three or four and four and there's seven six teams that could be in the five of the three and it's just a disaster so yeah not a, not a disaster i should say it's awesome it's gonna be really uh compelling last few weeks um but i think we all feel like the dad at the tournament like looking through all the scores being like wait so if we beat them then yeah get the notepad out eh <laughs> so you're telling me it's coming down to a coin flip we played the <laughs> entire season and we're flipping a coin that is there is like a scenario where the the, the coin flip is like the 10th tiebreaker that's in play <laughs> yeah there's so many that are before that that it was never going to happen um but like technically there is a scenario where you could be tied um at, after so many things and it eventually just has to go to a coin toss yeah yeah and i wouldn't be shocked if something like that happened but it's uh also hit the jays game jays are hot that's how's the a team, uh, like how's the new uh the new renos good man it's uh i think last night which was the second home game they who like so they put um they raised the bullpen so that like they're right beside the fans and they put bleachers in there and i think that the bleacher the way the bleachers work is it's like you buy a ga ticket and then it's you can just go like first come first serve go yeah, sit on bleacher. Serve, yeah. Um. So apparently they were just people were just boiled like screaming at the relievers for Detroit. Um. And I was watching the broadcast last night and like they're saying on the broadcast like, hey, like we're Canadian after all, like we shouldn't be doing that kind of stuff. They're like, you know what's gonna happen? Like yeah. you put a, a bunch of drunk people in one spot and then and and then expect like they're not gonna be screaming right at the players. Like it's yeah. I also feel like that, that'll like chill out a little bit too. Like every park in the bigs has like the, the bullpens are like that everywhere. And after a while yeah. people just stop yelling at the relievers or they just get used to it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like it just won't be as mean or as vulgar. I think it was a little bit of personal attacks going on there, but uh, okay. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, it's all part of the game, I guess. It was uh fun to watch. They were down when I went, they were down, uh, they were down three, nothing. And then came had nine straight runs and they were just wow. like, the offense is unbelievable. So it's uh it's a, it's obviously a lot of fun watching Toronto teams win, but um I guess on the polar opposite side, the Raptors blew an insane lead and I know. Uh, they're uh yeah, they're just not they don't have it anymore. So And the Leafs the Leafs only have to beat their personal boogeyman and then the best regular season team of all time to make the to make a run. That <laughs> easy does it. Are you kidding? What a, a team that's made the cup final three times and then, and then, uh, yeah, the best season ever. So, um, no, I'm not too bad. <laughs> um, I just hope they get out, man, Be, like get out of the first round and, and just like give it. And then that way it's just like anything else is, is a success. 
Well, I don't think they should do this, but if they don't make it out of the first round, like one of the big boys getting traded. That's just how it works. Yeah, usually. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm going to go ahead and just go prediction. Insane prediction here. Hold me to it. Everybody, I want to get yelled at online. <laughs> Leafs in five. I think they're going to win two. I think it's time. They're, they're too good. And Tampa's, Tampa's got to be – they got to limp out at some point. Yeah. Then, like, Vasilevsky's he's not been himself this year. Yeah. So In flashes, he has been. I hope to God he doesn't turn it on in the playoffs. But um, I think the guys that they, the Leafs have brought in, the way they're playing, a little bit of Shen toughness. I mean, come on, get us going. It's uh, a beauty. It's what time. a beauty he is. Yeah. So are you are you officially on the Leafs bandwagon now that uh, Calgary's not in the playoffs? You know what? Maybe it's just because I've been in the South uh, for the for the year, but I've been watching a lot more basketball. I'm actually a lot more invested in the uh, in the NBA playoffs this year than than hockey. Well, the Flames just, were just, just such a shit show this year. It's like, oh, yeah, just depressing. How yeah, about I mean, this? Yeah. Uh, you know, speaking of basketball and. You know, I'm rambling right now, so I might cut this out. But how about this Zion Williamson saying, I'm healthy, but I don't feel like Zion, so I'm not playing. What? That He's, he missed, he's mid out since January 2nd or 3rd with uh, a hamstring. He pulled his hammy. He's missed three months with a pulled hammy. Okay. And he said, he said that, uh, he said, physically, I feel fine. I'm just mentally, I'm not ready yet. I don't feel like, uh, I'm not coming back on the floor until I feel like Zion, I'm Zion again. And then before their playing game last night, which they lost to end their year, he was doing like windmill dunks and stuff like on the floor with like the TV, like with the cameras in the building. Man, they honestly, I'm all for like, I think that they should shift to like a percentage of contract if you're not playing. If you're on the IR, go to like 30% and then see how fast guys try to come back. Well, they, they, they're trying to do it with the awards now. They say you got to play minimum 65 games to win any of the awards. Yeah, but my guy Zion, that's not going to change anything he cares about. Like It's crazy. I just do, do a windmill dunks on the floor before. It's like, man, have, like, have, have some respect bit. for your teammates. I know. Like, I know. It's crazy. Unbelievable. What a, what a league. Don't get me going on that. But it, uh, last night we got Pascal Siakam. There's a contract called a Supermax. I thought Max was the max. There's a super max, and my guy gets three free throws down by three and bricks two of them. You put me at Ed Park in the middle of Toronto. I think I'm going. I could go on three for three if I got to do it to get the boys to extend the season. We should do that. We should do a content piece. No problem. <laughs> we'll just get a bunch of people around and hey, yell at this stand guy. there screaming, and we can bring DeRozan's daughter in to fucking <laughs> scream too. And you're t- like three, three. You're. As big as that man is, he could probably dunk from where the free throw is, and yeah. and that, I don't know, just uh, it's it's crazy. But um, oh, I, I'm so excited for the NHL playoffs to start, man. The first shift of the NHL playoffs, there's absolutely nothing like it. Guys buzzing around trying to kill each other, and and then it just carries on. You get like the first round's the best because it's like you get the intensity and you get whatever two two games a night, and it's just every night. It's unbelievable. And they're fresh, too. So it's just like they just keep flying. Yeah, no doubt. But uh, I guess we should probably mention this week we got uh, Riley O'Connor jumping on, fellow Tideman. Um, his second podcast of the week, I think. So um, nice to, to have him join us shortly. But um, outside of that, around the league, like Donnie said, there's just playoffs shaping up next uh, next couple of games. Obviously, for our boys down in Roch are huge games. 
uh, for Polly there. They got a couple uh, Eastern Conference matchups that definitely are contributing to the playoff picture, and um, it'll be interesting to see uh, to see what goes on. Um, and I don't think there's much other kind of like league news buzzing around. Um, but uh, but what a time to watch them across, especially when it's meaningful at the end. It's uh, it's pretty cool to see um everybody battling it out but um i guess we might as well just send it over to ocon what do you think okay beauty so this is riley o'connor brought to you by lucky penny media at lucky penny media we're a full service marketing company without hefty agency pricing we understand your brand is everything to you and when working together it means everything to everything to us you're more than just a client you're a partner and a teammate our philosophy is simple you grow i grow we grow so here he is riley o'connor Beauty. Well, we are pleased to be joined by our next guest, a product of Whippy Minor Lacrosse, where he played against me our entire lives. And this season, he asked how old I was. He won a couple Mintos there, I think. He was drafted to Calgary after attending Georgetown University. He was later traded to New England, where he spent the majority of his NLL career before being traded to where he calls home now, the Riptide. Welcome to Back of the Bird, Riley O'Connor. What's up, buddy? Not much, brother. Thanks for having me on, guys. Uh-huh, of course. Paul, did you hear that story this year? Ocon looked at me and goes, no. hey, what, what, what year are you born again? All right. Both 93s played our whole I was going to say, you guys the same age? <laughs> it, was, it was an honest mistake, and I think I hear about it every single weekend. So I know Hold it on. happened. Know me. I know yeah. it happened. Did you think yeah. he was older or younger, though? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> younger. Young. He's... Spry, yeah, eh? I still got it. Yeah, you do. Yeah, uh, you do. Well, what's going on, man? How's life lately? Not much. Things are good. Things are good. Um, summer's coming, so now it's uh, box lacrosse season. So a lot of coaching on the horizon. But I'm pumped up. Love the warm weather. Love box. Love coaching. So it's uh, it's fun time. Hey, Ocon, what are you doing with the beast? Are you kind of like the head of like lacrosse for the beast? Yeah, so I, I help out with Reed Acton. It's Reed Acton's company. Yeah. And, uh, it's pretty cool. It's really, really growing. Um, there's this new Beast Warehouse, um, which is a really cool hub. I'm sure you you guys might have seen it on social media or not, but um, it's like a mixture of a, of a gym and a private kind of skills shooting area. So there's a lot going on, which is, uh, which is really exciting. Was that something that was like kind of obviously because Beast has been around for you know a while with his you know his old man doing the camps and stuff back in the day and um kind of moving into this like was this a plan for a while to to get the whole like almost like an academy type thing set up not really I think it's kind of all just kind of come about and happened and I think COVID kind of threw everyone off and and that but I think there was a really neat opportunity for Reed and uh, myself to, to be a part of it and kind of just jumped jumped at it and uh, it's really neat it's really cool because it's it's such a great opportunity for kids in in the Toronto area and now kind of starting to grow a little bit so um, yeah I'm, I'm kind of super excited I like it well let's dive uh, let's let's wind the clocks back to uh, to when you started playing man how did you uh, how'd you pick up a stick how'd you get into lacrosse I, I started really really young um my family's a sports family so i was kind of one of those i'm sure similar to you guys like 
hockey all winter, lacrosse all summer. So um, I think I started at age four and then really, really fortunate to, again, just be a part of such a great group kind of in Whippy um, and being a year older than Ryan Keenan. So Derek Keenan would coach me every other year um, and just a part of a really, really great group. So um, fortunate that way for coaching and, and that, but um, it was a, a really great kind of minor career for me right through junior. Who, uh, who else is kind of a part of that 93, 94 group that's still playing today? A lot of 94. So a lot of guys, um, Ryan Keenan's age. So two NHLers, uh, Devin Shore and Drake Kajula. And then I would say four or five NL- NLLers, uh, Ryan Keenan, Jordy Jones-Smith, uh, Daryl Robertson, um i'm sure i'm missing a few but um yeah i think Derek keenan did a great job kind of molding and molding that group throughout yeah. and a lot of just good quality athletes what was uh what were the days like i mean because we always used to look forward to them obviously like qualifiers and stuff um over at iroquois and buzzing through there but what's it like having that kind of like right in your backyard at all times and then just being able to go over and get into the qualifiers and obviously dominate everyone too <laughs> Yeah, that was like, honestly, some of the best lacrosse memories and experiences I've had is just qualifiers. Like, it's funny, you think of it now, like when we look at a schedule and see like a back to back game, it's like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? And and we were playing two, three games a day, six games in a weekend. Um, but honestly, those were literally the best time. So um, especially being in Iroquois Arena right around the corner, like sweating like crazy and then going outside between games and running around some more and then right back in there but honestly wouldn't change that for the world and and now kind of coaching a little bit of minor like still gets so jacked up for those weekends so um pretty pretty awesome summer's got to be a busy time for you then hey you're doing like you're doing beast you're coaching the junior a team you're coaching a younger team yeah the the uh the old ladies dot too happy with me over over the course of the summer but i mean that's that's my passion that's what i love and um again it's it's really cool and i'm surrounded by so many great people and that's the cool thing about i think the lacrosse community is the people you get to work with or be around or compete against um i've been really fortunate that way um just to be around some just awesome salt of the earth people no doubt. Well, I listen, I let's let's jump into like the to the junior type, you know, I guess time span is what's what's that like? How many how many mintos do you got again? Two. Two of them. So and when which years did you win them? Uh 2011-2013. So kind of, you know, Ryan some guys coattails. I I think Whippy had we had such an advantage, I felt like when the when we when I was in minor cuz we drew from Oshawa, Clarington, Curtis, Ajax, Pickering, Brooklyn. So um, it's almost a little bit of a, a cheat code or, or a loophole. Nowadays, those centers have their own organizations now. So we had a really, really deep talent pool. And especially like 2011, um, I was still younger. I actually went out the back door, which um, I'm not sure how oh, I did that. But, are you guys still um, won? We were, we were, stat- yeah, they hit me. I, I don't know. <laughs> I must have not played much. They, they, they hit me out there, but. Um, the team is like stacked. If you if you look at the roster, it's like probably twelve to fifteen NLLers now. 
um, Matthews, Shane Jackson, Niter, Litz. Uh, oh, Higgy. yeah, I'm looking at it now. That's... Higgy. Yeah, Higgy and Buki in that. Uh, Laffy, Sorchetti, Tuts, Haas, the Snoo. Um, miss, missing a bunch of guys, but like just an all star team kind of type. Was was Cochran in there too? Cochran yeah. and Palmer. Cochran and Palmer were there. Um, Dorchetti, Wild, incredible. Burns, the Snoo. I mean, oh, is this the year that I did what I did? You tell us. <laughs> I think that was 2013. I think that was 2013 or 2013. Was it? Yeah. Oh, we're just we're reminiscing on it. Niter, I've not, I hope Niter doesn't listen to this, but um, yeah, I know I jumped Niter in a game once. I didn't lived it today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like and then, yeah, and, and then I got chased around the floor by uh, I, dude. It must have been this year because it was like I'm getting chased around by Lum Walker and Laffy. It must have yeah, been. Was Emerson, that, Clark, yeah. Emerson Clark must not have been there. Yeah, he wasn't dressed in that game. I picked I picked my game on purpose. <laughs> yeah. eh? I knew what I was doing. But uh, yeah, that's a decent little team. But is there uh, what do you remember most about bef- between kind of like the two Mintos? Like what sticks out to you the most in terms of memories? Honestly, like the fun we had. Like I, I think winning makes everything more fun. But um, again, at, like with with Derek Keenan coaching us learn the game so much um so many little nuances and and little things that help develop us so much as players but honestly i think a lot of kind of the off the floor stuff and how close we were as a team um how much fun we had um and and we did everything together i'm sure again guys around the league know mark and shane and litz and tuts and all, all those like how again how serious and committed they are but also like to have a good time and um again we uh again so many great memories from that whole experience um and then again kind of winning is is the cherry on top the first one 2011 was in okotoks alberta and i think we were probably having too much fun because we were uh stumbling out of the gates there was two alberta teams and coquitlam and i think we kind of barely got to the finals and, and uh, it was a two or three game series. And, and we, we just pushed by Coquitlam in game three. Um, but it was, uh, it was really neat. And then the second one was in new West. So again, using the game to go to some pretty cool places and, and again, create those lifetime memories. What was the, what was the celebration like? I, I, I can't even really remember. Well, the, the funny thing was, was I'm thinking right now of the, the second one. I don't know how it came about, but Mark and Shane were there like cheering us on. And before, like we were running to jump in the huddle and, and they were already in the huddle. Um, and we stayed a couple of days out in BC and um, again, just, just enjoy each other's company and, and uh, can't even really remember the memories, but again, by far the the best lacrosse experience, uh, one of the best overall experiences of my life. I love it. Um, you never, uh, Ocon, you never played at West, though, did you? No, no. Um, that's probably one thing, maybe, not a regret, but I, I would have liked to. But um, was that ever on the table? No, not really. Because then, no. then when it went to senior, and that was the thing, like we were so close in terms of teammates and and 
just friendship. So then yeah. we all played in Brooklyn and we kind of put a mini run together there in Brooklyn, could never get over the hump. Um, yeah. But we all played in Brooklyn and now the band's kind of a little disbanded, but um, yeah, we all, we, we went back to Brooklyn for a little bit there. Okay. Well, let's move into the, uh, like, I mean, obviously it's going on kind of during then, but like, how's the recruiting process roll out for you? So for me, um, again, I think the, the, well, the three main people in my kind of lacrosse career that I owe all, um, a lot of my, you know, uh, credit to would be Derek Keenan, Brody Merrill and, and my father, um, and my parents, but, um, I think based off a good recommendation from Derek Keenan, I, uh, with, with talking with Brody, um, helped get me to the Hill. So I went to the Hill for grade 11 and 12. Um, and then was lucky enough to, to go to Georgetown and I'm almost positive. They never even watched me play. Um, they just kind of took Brody's word off it. And, uh, I went down and visited with my dad and, and drove down and then we had the 10 hour drive home and, and got a, great offer and great opportunity. So, so just jumped at it and, uh, had an amazing four years, um, at Georgetown. Um, so, um, a lot of that credit I, I owe to, to Brody for kind of helping facilitate that, like he's done for hundreds of, of, of kids now. I, uh, I lived, I actually was living in DC this fall. Um, you know, not far from Georgetown. Was that, uh, was that some culture shock for you come from Whitby? Cause like for those who haven't been, Georgetown's as as nice as it gets, and uh, it's super like really nice area. Is that, that a ricochet? I, that's a ricochet shot to Whitby. Eh? Oh, no, but it's, 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 it's like it, Georgetown is like holy shit. Where am I right now? Yeah, it was it was crazy, and that's probably one thing I'm sure. Like as you guys know, like and you lived it. Lacrosse is like school, lacrosse practice, workout right? Do a little homework, go to bed, do it again the next day. Um, on weekends, you probably got your go-to one spot or two spots and, and that's really it. Um, so didn't really venture out too much, did a little later in, in my career, junior and senior years, but was pretty uh, regimented and, and went to a lot of the same spots. But um, as I got older, got to, again, go to the monuments and, and you know, go around DC a little bit more. Um, pretty surreal and pretty eye-opening for, yeah, like you said, a kid from, from Whippy, Ontario. So, um, it was definitely a eye-opening experience. Um, but again, really, really cool spot. Met some, met some amazing people. What's the, well, when you, when you were there, was there, uh, like a year specifically that you guys were like the best or, or made it kind of the furthest? Uh, Denver, Denver was always really good in the Big East, and that's when kind of Matt Brown, that's Mark just graduated, and they had Westberg and and Jared Noble and um, Batiste and Zach Miller, and they went on their run a little bit, so they were kind of our kryptonite. But um, probably our best year was my my senior year um, with uh, with the graduating class that I was with, but um, Denver was kind of that school to beat, so. Never made the playoffs or anything like that, but um, we had we had some decent squads. Were you? Did you get coached by Phipps ever? Uh, Brian Phipps. Brian Phipps. Yes, he was uh, the D coordinator for one year. Okay. Um, yeah. But, so Mike Phipps came in after you were gone. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But I, I had... again, like working at the Hill, like 
have a have a decent relationship with him and um he's an awesome guy. He's moved on now as well. Yeah, but, I think he's back at Navy, right? Yeah, yeah. I've only heard great things about him. Oh yeah, he's an absolute all timer. He was our he was our like I don't. Th- I think he was like our assistant, assistant or something at High Point my first year. Just an absolute weapon. But um, <clears throat> I guess it was kind of going on from there. Like we're moving into you know you're graduating school, finishing things up. Obviously, you played a lot of box. You said lacrosse is kind of your passion. It's your passion. It's your life. What's the What's the feeling like going into the draft? And you know who are you talking to? And and where was the draft that year? Yeah, the draft was in. Um... Oakville. It was on a Monday night. Um, and I didn't really know what to expect, honestly. And, and I, I think it's one of the top drafts of all time. I think, um, Lyle was number one. Haas was two. Um, I think Kenyer was three. Berg was four. Stats was five. Tutton was six. And then I went seven. And then there was a bunch of other great players. Del Bianco was in that draft. Um, so I had a, I had a great call with, with, uh, Mike board of Calgary. And again, I was just, I'd be willing to go anywhere and play for, for anyone. So, um, going to Calgary and being a part of the roughneck organization for a year was pretty, pretty surreal and getting to play for coach Miloski. Um, again, in, even in one short year, I, I learned so much from him and, and still, follow him closely to this day and, and pick up on things. But um, yeah, the draft was an unreal experience afterwards. The, the roughnecks took us all out, all the draft picks. Um, I don't think Bergie made it in person, but um, like Tyson Bell was drafted as well. Um, like I said, Del Bianco, Kellen LeClaire, um, Jacob Rue. So it was like a lot of really, really good players. <laughs> Um, and they, they took us out and we had a fun little night, but I think, uh, yeah, I think I was there Tuesday morning at the Hill for, for practice. Um, but it was a great, great experience. Yeah. Just to, just to jump in there. So first 20 picks from that, that draft, uh, Lyle Thompson, Graham Hossick, Jesse King, Westberg, Chad Tutton, Randy Stats, Riley O'Connor, Dan Littner, Brad Gillies, Turner Evans, Tony Malcolm, Dan Taylor, Mitch Desnew, Derek Searle. Del Bianco, Adam Bomberry, Luke Magnin, Doug Buckin, Jordan Durston, Thomas Hogar. I mean, that's like 17 <laughs> superstars, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so, Pretty crazy. Yeah. Were you uh do you travel for, you travel first year in uh Calgary? You were working at the Hill right away. Yeah, yeah. So as soon as I graduated from Georgetown, I went back and started working at the Hill, which was one of the best times of my life and and that. But the I was commuting, so I was still young. So um it didn't really catch up to me I, I loved it I loved every minute of it and uh again there was a couple other guys from from Ontario so we traveled together and as you guys know Calgary is one of if not the funnest you know places to to play and such a first class organization so that was a, a just a great year for me I like it so what's uh I mean after that, what's how does everything kind of unfold after uh, was it like after this off season? Yeah, in the off season. So I didn't it was a great year, like I guess enjoying it, <laughs> but on the floor I didn't I don't I didn't really produce um that well and and uh they shipped me to to New England and kind of got a bit of a fresh start there and um 
which was awesome as well. Like, as you guys know, playing at the casino there, Mohegan Sun, um, again, just words can't even describe. You guys might have some good stories about the, the Mohegan Sun Casino, but um, just really loved playing with that organization and, and was there through, and then obviously we became Albany and Firewolves and, and uh, just some of my best friends and people I'm so close to um, still to this day from that team. So, so close as a group, but um, a lot of, uh, a lot of time traveling, even playing at Mohegan wasn't as bad as the, the, the bus trip to Albany, but we would have to fly to Boston and then we were about an hour and a half to two hours into the casino. So we spent a lot of quality time together. That's for sure. But a lot of great bus trips. The, the trade from the trade from Calgary to New England, like did that come out of nowhere? Like, did you know you were getting traded? Like ask for a trade? Like how, how'd that kind of come about? No, Just, kinda, yeah. I can't kinda, remember how it went down. It kind of came out of nowhere. I'm not, I'm sure. Um, they probably, you know, wanted to move on and, and maybe get a yeah. Western guy or something like that. And um, like I said, it wasn't the best year um, from me. So um, I think they just moved on and, and New England uh, kind of wanted to give me a second chance in that. So made made the move work, but I wasn't expecting it at all, but um, turned out to be turned out to be great for me. You remember what the trade was? I'm pulling it up right now. Yeah, it was for I think a second round pick. Yep, nailed it. Was Lisk was Lisk the GM of New yeah, England? Yeah, he was. Yeah, Rich Rich was in charge in New England, so that's um that's when I got to know Rich and um Glenn Clark was the head coach, but um formed a great relationship with Rich, and I'm sure part of that had to do with uh, me eventually getting shipped to to New York as well. Well, tell us about that relationship. Like, how did that kind of start, and just uh, what's it been like since coming? Uh, well, just over over the years, I guess. Yeah. So again, that's the cool thing about the game, right? It's just some of the amazing people you meet. So, um, we just Rich was so big, and he is right. Like, he's so big on culture and and people and getting good people in the locker room and and that. So, um, just again. For me, getting to play alongside guys like Brett Manny and and John Lafontaine, and again can go on forever. Nick Chikowski, Mike Burnish, um, so many great people. Resi, Hugh Ball, like those guys are some of my best friends. So just bringing in good people, um, and then Rich, I, I know he was a guest in your podcast and shared his story, but got a really neat opportunity and and jumped to go to the Riptide organization. I don't, the, the plan was he wasn't even going to be involved in the cross. Um, but then I think they were struggling and had to bring him in. And then um, we've always stayed in touch over the years, but, um, and then obviously coach Laddie, um, he was the assistant coach in Whippy. Um, so we had a bit of a relationship as well. And um, that was a bit of a, that was a real shock to me um, this off season when um, got dealt from Albany to New York and, was a little tough. Um, it was a pretty emotional time because that's when I was uh, the beaches. We were in the Minnow Cup, and just the emotion from that and how draining that was. Uh, um, there was just lots going on, and finding out was traded was was pretty difficult to be honest. Um, it was you know tough leaving all those guys and great friends, but um, 
soon that flashed to like what a great opportunity um it is in new york so and i've i've loved every minute of it um it so far and you know getting to play with you and and uh a bunch of other beauties it's it's been awesome so again it's cool to see how the relationships in the game um all connect and reconnect and the places it'll take you so it's it's been pretty um surreal that way yeah like so again kind of like another trade that kind of comes out of nowhere but kind of got to be excited like knowing you're going to new york and then the guy you're going to be sharing that left side with is dan lomas and then there's jeff teat as well but yeah option b <laughs> <laughs> no it's it's been pretty it's been pretty awesome um and and larson sundown as well i mean it's it's pretty awesome all four of us i feel like we've formed a great relationship like right away and hit it off not only on the floor but off the floor as well um but yeah no secret you know playing with jeff it's it's been awesome um it was pretty funny because um i actually coached him yeah i was just i don't know if i really coached i think you you were there too um paulie yeah i was gonna ask like because it seems so long ago. No, I was, I actually came when he would like the first year he was gone was okay. when I came. So I was just going to ask, like, I didn't, because what year is Teeter? I, so I, was, I was there one year before you then. Um, yeah. So that would have been 2015 or 2016, but yeah, I, I started at the Hill right out of Georgetown in, in 2015. And that was his last year of, of high school. Okay. Um, okay. Maybe 97. So, Again, there wasn't really much coaching for me. I was just kind of the, the bench guy following Brody yeah. and Kyle Clay and, and that, but um such and that that's that high school team was one of, if not the greatest ever. We were undefeated that year. And um again, 10, 12, maybe more first round NLL picks, guys playing in the PLL. Um, Tanner Cook, Justin Anasio, Jeff Henrik. Um just a really, really great team. Clarky. Um, or no, Clark was there the year before. He Clark. had like our whole Team Canada defense in 2016, plus Jerry Stotts, who was on Team uh, Honus Jones, yep. Iroquois defense. Damon Curry, Dalton Follows. Yeah. yeah. That was the best high school team I've ever seen. Yeah, it was pretty. Outside, pretty... outside of the 2000, uh, 2012 Notre Dame Fighting Irish that won the Office of Bronze. Eh? <laughs> You let them do bronze. Hey, come on. Me, Eric Wales, Jay Lindsay, Colton Watkinson. Come on. To try and put the hill lineup against that. You can't. <laughs> that team that team leads for getting the most media attention just through this podcast. Of any oh other. god, yeah. Yeah, the media attention per no, let me tell you that year, Ocon, we had this guy, Seb Gladman was his name. He was he was a Seabass? Uh, he was C said that. He was an offensive tackle for the football team. And uh he decided to to pick up a stick. I think we, I think Paulie's out. Decided to pick up a stick and played long pole, coho hockey gloves, silver Jofa cage. And when I say I've never seen a long pole cradle with one hand vertically. It was the first time I think maybe it's ever been done in the sport, and he was hitting the hitting the butt end on the grass trying to run down the floor. It was complete madness or field. It was nuts. But I love I love those those stories. When I played, I went to All Saints um, for grades nine and ten in Whitby, and I remember I'd be running scared because again there'd be 
football tackles on pole, you know, wearing hockey helmets, no equipment, and just like holding the stick together, you know, baseball grip at the bottom and just swinging the thing. And uh, yeah, I wasn't going anywhere near the middle. The worst is when we all started playing like uh, Ontario field across back in the day. And they like the big thing was you could hit people before they like within however many feet of the ball. Yeah, nine so, you feet. Just, so you just have these like long, drawn out loose ball plays of just people just getting no one smoked. wanted the ball. No one didn't yeah. even look at the ball. And you're, then you're, be, like, you're looking for one someone with their head down, not for the ball. Yeah, there was like no turf fields at that time in Ontario. So it was on grass fields, so there'd be these big scrums, and then some some guy would come through and like clear out the scrum. It's like, who thought this was a good idea for little kids just be getting smoked around the fucking yard. That's unbelievable. But um, so, I mean, talk to us about a little bit about kind of like the trade and, and I mean, I think part of our, like part of the podcast that we really haven't dove into is like, what's it, I mean, I know it's unique cause it's lacrosse. Everybody knows each other, but what's it like when you get traded to a team and like trying to kind of like, just get to know the guys or feel out what the room's like and, and, get, you know, showing who you are around the guys and just different things like that, trying to fit in or whatever it might be. Yeah. I think everyone's got a different personality. Um, right. Some guys are really outgoing. Some guys are more shy and quiet. Um, but I think it kind of says a lot to, you know, the organization you're, walking into right in terms of how welcoming they are right and um from the front office to the coaches to the leadership to the leaders to everyone on on the team just and that's what it's been so cool in new york um just getting acclimated like right away right you know some guys personally you know a lot of guys through playing against or through growing up you know playing you know, uh, battling against in different, you know, age groups and all that <laughs> your, stuff. Your whole life or whatever it might have been. Um, but again, it, it was pretty awesome coming into New York and, and just getting welcome right away. And I felt like I could um, be myself, you know, right away. And a couple team dinners, you know, I don't know how, but I got stuck picking a couple of them and I guess I was that let me be an easy target with some some mediocre choices on the road, but um, hey, whatever whatever it takes to get a laugh out of the boys and and uh, you know bring us closer I mean, together. But we we say this all the time. It's like somehow the guys we talk to on this podcast read our show notes because it's it's my notes say the the trade to New York, close with Teeter, Bocce, and worst food orderer in the league. So I get a bad rap. I get a bad rap, you know, Listen, and you do, but you've also had one of the better orders. So we'll give you the Korean cauliflower, whatever it is there from (laughs) cheesecake factory Factory is, I mean, what an order, but when we got a table of eight guys and we say, Ocon, what, what app do you want? And you pick (laughs) the meatballs and three meatballs come out for eight guys. And then the recovery room. That was, I think, that was kind of the last. No, what was the last draw? The Hamilton place. Hamilton, Hamilton. I think only half the guys showed up because they knew it was going to be brutal. But um, it is what it is. You know, it's it's not really about the food. It's more about the guys being together. You know that. Yeah. No, I do. I do. And it's like uh, you're maybe a pizza wine disco, maybe an order and a pie through the window or whatever it might be. <laughs> we got it all. Uh, oh, we, there's we too many inside it. jokes. There's too many inside jokes that we got. I know. 
No, I know it, there's a ton of them, but so, I mean, talk about, talk a little bit about like, obviously, cause you, you mentioned like you coached Teeter, right. When during that, like he was on that, that high school team as well. Is that right? Yeah, he was on it. Okay. Uh, so, well, what's, what's kind of, what's it been like, you know, for you kind of, obviously, you know, you know, you knew how good of a player he was and everything, but like kind of now being able to to play with him and, and room together and all that stuff. Yeah, we've, we, we were pretty close, but obviously now we spend a lot of time together um and it's pretty cool just watching him go about his business and i think everyone notices um how great he is how skilled he is how smart he is how tough he is right all these intangibles that make him again i'm very biased but you know the league mvp um but i think it's and it's a good opportunity i guess for me to maybe share it about him like he's the things that impress me the most about him is one, how consistent he is. He never misses a workout, right? He, he works out every single day. He eats right. He goes to bed. You know, he, he does all the right things. He, he is and acts like a professional. Um, that's part of his greatness, I think, and what makes him great. Um, and then the other thing is just like how kind he is. Um, like if you ask McLovin, you know, our equipment manager, who, again, those are the hardest working guys in our league, but Jeff's always the last one in the room cleaning up, right? Towels and, and asking, you know, what can he do to help? So um, I think that's part of what makes him what he is. And it's, it's cool because that's helping, I think the game get to the next level, that level of like professionalism and, and what it takes to be a pro because again, it's hard. Like guys have to grind, right? They're Monday to Friday, nine to five jobs or whatever. And then, you know, still train and be pros, which is really tough, but, um, he takes it serious, like really serious and it shows. Um, but I think that's some things about him that not many people really know. Right. Yeah, no doubt. I, I agree with all that. It's, uh, it's pretty cool to see uh to see all those different things that like people really don't see about like who he is behind the scenes because he's a pretty closed off guy too right so like in terms of like to the media or or whatever it might be so when you get when you get a good laugh out of him or you get an inside joke going with him it's uh you know, it's a good one I live for laughs I live I live <laughs> exponentially greater for one laugh in that room and if you get it oh what a rush boys but um haven't got it yet but when i do hey, but i could imagine what it would be light. like <laughs> you're still swinging that's what i respect about you you're up at the plate you're swinging See, i'm batting zero percent right now but i'll i'll i'm going for the upper deck on the next swing there's absolutely no doubt but what uh so obviously you're, you're living in the city now you're doing um all the coaching stuff like what's kind of what else, what's on the horizon for you, you know, obviously with beasts and, and, you know, coaching the beaches and stuff, what's, uh, what's going on the, this summer for you? I'm fired up. I'm, I, it's coming that time. Um, closing stretch, you know, weather's getting nice. It's great to be outside. Um, again, gearing up for, you know, a strong finish with the riptide, um, having a great final three games. That's really important. And then, um i'm really really excited for junior a that was my first like playing junior a was you know a great experience and almost forgot about a little bit about how amazing it was and, and just being full swing into it last summer it's a lot again it's exhausting mentally emotionally physically but it's also the most fun i've had in a long time so and we've got a great great group coming back so that's i'm really pumped up 
for for the junior a season that's for sure um but yeah just a lot of lacrosse and and any trips to, are you gonna keep the old lady happy with any trips trying to or... trying to find some balance trying to find some balance you know it's 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 uh wedding season a lot of weddings a lot of yeah. weddings a little bit of travel for those and trying to you know um have some fun when we can big year as you know us 93s turning turning 30 yep um, us, us 93s with similar birthdays not to mention yeah uh, uh, maybe a joint birthday party we, we gotta kid me something but would that even be legal too much fun too much fun. <laughs> yeah just just can't wait can't wait for Good another man. great summer um Good obviously that, you know uh, I was there for uh, a good chunk of it last year in the summer at the Minto and everything. What, like, I think last year kind of accelerated too with the, you know, updating the rules a little bit to be more like, uh, you know, and a little bit, you know, what, what's your opinion on kind of like the, just the guys coming through junior these days. Cause it's, it's uh, you know, I think there's like this nostalgia for, you know, people think it's getting worse, but, but these kids are flying and the pace is definitely quicker than we played. So I guess just what's your kind of take on where the junior A games are right now? Yeah, I think it's, I mean, junior lacrosse, it's it's the best lacrosse in the world. It's the best, you know, outside the NL, it's the best league in the world. And I think a lot of people are like, oh, this isn't as good as when I played, or this is a little sloppy lacrosse. I, I think I would disagree. I think there's so much parity because of how, you know, skilled a lot of kids are, right? And I witnessed that firsthand, you know, kind of, for the past almost decade working at the Hill, there's so many good lacrosse players in Ontario. Um, and, and now even growing, you know, there's a lot of Americans playing box. There's, you know, BC is obviously a phenomenal league. Alberta, as you saw in the Minto is phenomenal, right? So it's like, there's just a lot of great lacrosse players. And um, I think there's a lot of athleticism. Kids are really, really athletic. They're fast. They're big, fast, and strong. Um, and I think there's being on the coaching side, you know, coaching against some guys, it's like, wow, that's there's some really great coaching, coaching these kids up um, on the IQ side. And then kids are just passionate and continuing to develop their skills. So with the athleticism they have, getting solid coaching, um, and then the competition level, right? Like, every, like the cream's kind of rising to the top. So, um, and it's elevating um, others around them. So, it's I, I'm expecting, you know, in terms of like looking at other teams this summer, or whatnot. It's like it's going to be very similar again this year with like no easy games, not many easy nights. So it's uh, it's a great time for the sport. Um, again, you look at draft, like look at the past couple drafts. Look at this upcoming draft. It's like. I know it's crazy now. There's like 22, 23 first round picks, which is kind of crazy. Back when we were drafted, it was like 10, 12. But these kids going in the 20s are like, these are players. So um, it's it's pretty neat. Um, and it's it's exciting for the sport. And then, uh, you know, kind of jumping around a little bit here, but speaking of events that uh, I got to watch you play at, I was uh, after the game against Calgary, I was in Calgary this weekend. Uh, talking to Courier a little bit and hair wires and uh, my brother was there too. Um, you know, you guys all played together in, in Finland back in, uh, I guess, 20, 2012. Uh, that would have been for, this is Team Canada U19. What, what do you remember from that uh, experience and yeah, like, kind of what's your takeaway? Uh, you know, obviously it's been a while. Yeah. Unfor unfortunately for me, that's probably one of the 
tougher moments in my lacrosse career. It was a, it was a really, really tough loss. Um, in the gold medal game, we, we actually beat, uh, us in the round Robin, which was, you know, one of Canada's I think first wins in a while, but, um, again, in that gold medal game, you know, they, they had a, obviously a phenomenal group, but, um, couldn't get it done. So it's kind of really bitter, you know, bittersweet, but, um, again, getting to play, you know, for team Canada, with the best of the best and getting to go to Finland. Um, like for me, my parents went, obviously my grandparents went, so it was, it was really cool. Um, and just to be a part of that. And that's something that I, I really hope to do in the future is get involved on the coaching side with team can. I would, I would love to do that. Cause I think just to be, you know, part of the best of the best, that's, that's what I love the most working side alongside, you know, the highest, and individuals and and competitors and and minds in the game is so so cool so um yeah tough loss but again just a really neat experience could have used another little bit of lefty firepower eh? yeah I, we could you were thinking it we could use a stretch shooter well what could, <laughs> what could you do what could you do look at the pull the high point tape up Oh, listen, I, I'll get a key. It's, our, it's always queued on my TV whenever you come over. It's, it's, you don't even have to let it load. It's just ready. Um, you got one of those, like, uh, those digital, like, camera frames that just, like, yeah, keep swiping it, through. You see that thing? You think it's a boat, but it's, uh, if you just double tap it, it turns into, like, just the high point tape. But, uh, no, again, man, appreciate you taking the time. Um, I guess last, uh, Last two questions for you. Is there one insane travel story in the NLL outside of, I mean, obviously you've had the, the crazy became the norm for you just having to do the fly and then the two hour bus. But is there one where you got stuck or something like that, that, that comes to mind? Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Uh, I mean, last year in Albany was a lot of, a lot of quality time on that bus. Um, yeah. But I think there was one, Again, it's it's just kind of typical NLL stuff with delayed flights or whatnot. But we we're going. We had a long travel day. I think delayed flights, and um, finally got off out of out of Toronto and and made it to Boston. And uh, we were like halfway to Uncasville at the going to the casino, and and by now it's like honestly probably midnight and. Uh, we get a flat tire or something and we're pulled over on the side of the road. And literally, I think we were on the side of the road for two or three hours. Like it was, it was now like 3am and it was funny because, uh, this, this bus, we always took this little like short bus always had a DVD player on it. And for some reason, Derek's sons always had DVDs on them. So, <laughs> we had sons, like we were, we, we kept busy because again, we, we all loved each other. It was like 12 of us um but we had we had dvds to keep us entertained we we're just literally on the side of the highway for like three hours and then um as you know you're up for shoot around the next morning at 7 a.m and um a little sluggish but again that's that's life in the nll and, and wouldn't change it for the world but a lot adversity. of a lot of a lot of adversity as yeah. as you guys know no doubt and then uh the last one is uh is why number nine um I don't know the exact reason why I, I, I just, I love the number. Um, I, I think, uh, 
looking at some other great number nines. Um, Maurice Richard, goal scorer. I used to think ro- of- I'm going to start oh. calling you the rocket rocket. Yeah, I'm quick like one now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, uh, I. I don't know. I've always liked up single digit. I'm a single digit guy. You much are like, yeah. two double um, digits too wide. Yeah. So you know, I I came to New York and um, demanded the number. <laughs> now listen, we I thought I figured we should address it, but it was came in right away. Said Daryl, listen, that's my <laughs> number, and I expect it in my stall, and I'm not giving you a thing. I think that's quote unquote <laughs> what you said to him. Uh, you can't be you can't be saying that people are gonna believe you i'm a good I guy know. I swear. no i'm just kidding but, um, voluntarily but uh i would no. i would ask for your i would ask for you your first newborn if i was number nine it would have been your first first baby would have been named dan <laughs> that's what i would have been trying i might still do it anyways hey come on no it's your name to pizza wine uh <laughs> but listen appreciate you taking the time man again Obviously, I'll see you. Uh, see you in about twenty four hours. But um, best of luck with uh, with all the coaching this summer. Don't 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 hurt my Chiefs or sorry my Burlington Blades, Blades too Blades. much. Um, but uh, yeah, man, awesome to see what you're doing, and and great to have you sit down with us. Thank you guys, appreciate it. All right, beauty. Thanks, Oka. Okay, that's our buddy Ocon. Little interview there with my teammate, my lefty guy. That's my teammate. That's, that's, that's my, my quarterback. quarterback. I'm still Polly's not here for the conclusion. I'm still that's his favorite thing. That's Polly's favorite thing. That's my teammate. That's my yeah, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. Listen, I guess that's uh, that's it. Well, we appreciate. You I guys got one. Listening. Hold on. Sorry. What do you got? Uh, quick shout out, uh, Stephen Newfeld from the Lacrosse Experts in BC. Dial me in with a uh, new twig. Noof, noof, the noof did your stick. The noof did my stick. Set it up with, uh, set it up with uh, one of my coaches, and and he did it, and um, just asked for shout out on the pod. So I yeah, uh, dude, he's uh, he's one of the best stick stringers around. If you're in the BC area or anywhere, and you want someone to string your stick, get the noof, and he's an absolute beauty. Yeah. Uh, when I was out in Van and fucking, we had some some good times together. But two more shout outs. One. We're playing in the Tucker Out Lymphoma game in, in um, uh, Buff this weekend. So we talked about how they always do. It's going to be awesome. Jersey's going to be auctioned off. We'll put the link out. Number two, I'm an uncle times two. Are you kidding hey! me? Come on. Miles David Lomas. I'm an absolute weapon. I gave him a little mini lacrosse stick as the gift. I posted that picture. Post the shit out of it. It's uh, the video that uh my sister-in-law and brother like that they put together was super cool like just like they took a lot of different videos and photos throughout the process and um it's pretty cool it makes uh makes you want to want to create a little infant i'm absolutely not ready for that (laughs) it's uh it does man it's pretty pretty special stuff and and uh you just you get an idea obviously i haven't experienced it myself but you get an idea of like kind of like the feelings that come with uh with having your own kid and just Seeing him go through, it's pretty cool. So shout out to Mike, Erica. And, okay, I, uh, no, I got two more shout outs. Shout okay, out to, go ahead. To Mike. And Miles. Shout, uh, out to, shout out to Milo. First one, shout out to Dan Arestia because that video of the year jersey was so funny. Yo, fuck you, Dan. That was like cinematic. I can't believe it didn't get like more hits than it did. Oh, my God. The look on his face when he unbooked. Like, it was unbelievable. I was like, oh, man, that is hilarious. He goes, yeah, Dan Lomas. Yeah. He, they probably paid him to take that jersey, but yeah. oh, fuck, that was good. Um, yeah, so shout out to him for that. And then also, we have... 
back of the bird hats in our with they they're in Dan they're on his head they're real yeah they're no, they're no longer a fugazi they're a real thing and yeah um yeah. I know my sister ordered one and uh you know I know a lot of the other bird gang did too so so they're coming hopefully we, you we all got big heads them. hopefully yeah. you all got big heads you might have to just put a loaf of bread under it too um it's a little oversized <laughs> but that's how we like it yeah it's just, it's just uh it'll be like those big hat the massive hats that the big people were wearing like for the meme yeah we that's no. what we did we wanted to be like up with the time so <laughs> well thanks for uh thanks for sticking with us throughout uh throughout just donnie and i hosting this thing um, <laughs> and we will chat with you next week Draw.